hello there and welcome to another episode of the military mindset for business podcast where i've got uh serial entrepreneur daniel hakim joining me today one of the uh, reasons i'm really interested in talking to daniel is because i'm fascinated about this business is fundamentally a human experience and the way that we drive community connections and relationships is a really definitive driver on how successful we can be as a business person. So, Daniel, welcome. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure, mate. Um, so, Dan, just give us a little bit of a background. How did you get into business in the first place? And where did you end up uh, coming up with the idea to create the Club of United Business? Um, when I was young, I always wanted to be a business owner. Uh, and so I, I knew that was what I was going to do for my whole life. I didn't know what I was going to do. And I spent a lot of time thinking about, you know, what my business would be. Um, and I just, uh, uh, you know, actually felt stuck. Um, but I did go to university and a bit of high school, but, but university in Paris. And so I was spending a lot of time in London and Paris growing up. And a lot of people there are part of members clubs. Um, and members clubs are really cool. And, and it's, it's a way for you to connect with people and, meet people in a specific kind of community. Um, and when I came back to Australia, which I had to, because I needed to start my career, start working, I looked for a community to be a part of. And, you know, the only things that would pop up were like the old kind of men's only clubs. Mm. And, um, you know, I thought, well, they're probably not going to uh, accept me anyway. Um, uh, and I don't really want it doesn't really look like something I want to be part of um, so I just that, that's kind of what it hit me I realised well you know what Australia needs a, a community that represents the modern face of Australian business um, and a place for business owners to connect build relationships that make them stronger and help their business grow and, and that, that's how Cub started It's interesting because it's this craving for connection that we go through um, you know business can be a lonely journey, you know, sometimes, you know, you're out there learning all the lessons, you know, on the, on the run by yourself. And for me, transitioning out of the military, uh, I was great at that thing. Well, I was okay at that thing, but I wanted to learn a new thing. And where am I going to get that experience, that guidance and that acumen from? So it was funny, like we were on that search as well. And, you know, we'd been involved in, you know, a variety of communities around town, but when we came across club, uh, sorry, when we came across cub, you know, Club of United Business, it just found, felt to me like a place where I think the most important thing for me was somewhere that I could learn, to be honest. It wasn't a place where I was went in there to sell. It was a place where I was you know, coming in to learn. Um, what? Tell us about actually getting this thing, productizing this business and how you actually got it you know, off the ground. Well, when it started, I was very young and had never, I just didn't really understand business. Um, I was very good at selling and I was very good at selling the idea and, and people really loved the idea. So when it started, there were no service. We had a club, we got a clubhouse in Potts Point, uh, which is a beautiful clubhouse. We still have that. We, we own that now. Um, and um, and I, I just told people, you know, we're, we're building a business family, a community of people you can relate to in the same position that you can meet and blah, blah, blah. And, and people were joining. Like everyone was joining. Um, but we had no service. So we actually didn't facilitate any connections. It was kind of like, mm. just come in, you might meet someone. Um, 
the other thing that um, uh, sorry, I'll keep going with that. And so what that what what happens with that is that 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 can work if a community is small, but the second the community got too big, it it fell over. It, it it just didn't work. And what happens is the people that are easy to engage come often and meet each other, and the ones that are hard to engage never come at all. And so you have an imbalance in your product's not equal. Not every uh, not every member was getting the same experience, and so uh, that's when we realised uh, we, we looked at why people were joining. We I asked them, so I was always surprised they always joined very quickly, and they all said the same thing, which is they wanted to meet other people in the same position. Um, and so very quickly I realised, well, we're a networking company. We we say we're a relationship building company, so we need to create services that or a service an experience that every member receives that ensures they have the, the uh, opportunity to build valuable relationships with business owners. Um, and that's when we created CORE, K-O-R. Uh, it stands for Knowledge, Opportunity and Relationships, which are the, I guess, the three benefits of having access to a, to a powerful network. Um, and CORE uh, basically systemized um, every member having the same experience, guaranteeing every member they're going to meet a, uh, around a minimum of 30 other accomplished business owners with every year of membership. Um, and that had tremendous impact on, on the business because our retention skyrocketed, our, um, uh, our member experience was equal. Uh, we were able to have better communication with the community, community because we knew we had set touch points with them. Um, and, and, and the other thing, and then that evolved from there. And, and, you know, you get better and better at doing what you do. So every year you kind of have a bit of an evolution. But the other thing that's probably important to note is because I was 23, I thought CUP was going to be for young um, business owners and maybe an earlier stage uh, business owners. But the people that were joining, they weren't, they weren't old, but, but they, they weren't 23-year-olds at, at the large yeah. majority. A lot of our first members were young. But most people that were joining were, um, you know, 30s, 40s, 50s, kind of that middle age bracket. And the reason was, well, that we found out was uh, that the early stage business, which is like startups and all that, which is typically your youngest business owners, uh, they had a lot of free ways to connect with each other and network and, and, and that type of thing. Like they were in co-working spaces, they had meetups and these startup things. Um, and the largest business owners, they don't need networks. They already got networks. They have all the money. So everyone wants to meet them. Uh, and they made this. Everyone wants to pick their brain. So, so they don't have a problem with networks either. But the middle is where we started serving the next generation of big businesses, the accomplished businesses that were still, they still hadn't accomplished their ultimate ambition. So they're still growing and they were successful. They didn't have a way to connect with anyone because there were fewer people. So when you're an early stage business or a startup, there's so many of them. Most businesses are in that stage. So you could relate to a lot of people. When you cross a certain line, even just a million dollars in revenue, you're all of a sudden in a very different, or even just employing people, you're all yeah. of a sudden in a very different uh, position to the majority of businesses. And, and there was no um, effective an enjoyable way for them to connect with others in the same position. Um, and and that, that was the gap that we filled kind of by accident. Yeah. It's interesting you say that because there is like, there's actually lots of different kind of communities that it can get into. You've got the very 
micro business sort of BNI kind of level things where it's very much a little, a little more militant and, you know, if, uh, you must give referrals to each other, very heavily sales-based. Um, um, and all of these communities are horses for courses, you know, like everybody finds their own place or if anything, I find that people seem to maybe travel through different organizations or communities looking for the right one that fits. How did you actually build club? Uh, I keep saying club. It's cub of United business. How did you keep building cub to be, have that nice balance of exclusivity plus value without it being just a tacky sales networking group. Was that apparent early on about what was needed and what was it? Yeah, just regarding the name Cub is an acronym for Club of United <laughs> so CUB. But, I've, but, been, um, I've been a member for four years. It, it, I should know yeah, it yeah, by now. Calls it Cub, no one calls it Cub. <laughs> um, um, so, so the question was, how did, how did I make it not feel salesy and, and shit? Yeah. yeah, a place um, where people actually want to come for that, for that value well, of the connection, not just about making the sale. Well, community building is is something we learn to do. People want to fit in. People want to conform because by conform, I mean you see that in society with all these trends and social things, and yeah, everyone wants to conform. Even online, they're they're outwards conforming to the society is different to what they say to you in, in, in private sometimes. So human beings have they, they need they need to feel safe in community, and um, and so people want to know. When joining a community, what's expected of me? Like, how do we act as a community? It's kind of like it's a co- how a company has values for the team, hmm. you know, for the, for the staff. Like, communities have that. They, they need, p- people need to know this is what's expected of you. This is yes, you, this is what we expect. These are no's. You know, we don't want you to be hard selling, and the reason we don't want you to be hard selling is we don't want you to pay us ten grand and then go get sold to nonstop. It's not going to be enjoyable for you either. So, so that was. Um, that was one, that was, that's the first thing, creating an induction where you actually teach people, hey, this is how our community acts um, um, in a similar way to how you'd induct a team member. The second thing is we are a vetted community, so you can't just join. Um, you have to meet with a, um, you know, we might outreach to a lot of people um, so that they know about us, but it doesn't matter if we outreach to them. They have to come in, meet a membership director, get approved by a club head, and, uh, and typically uh, reach certain um, prerequisites for membership um, in terms of their revenues and uh, stage of business. Um, so by nature, that lifts, that lifts the community. And then because we also, uh, it was important to us, uh, like diversity wasn't important to us, representing the modern face of Australian business was important to us. And that happens to be diverse. So. Because we are known for that, you know, the brand is quite famous for that in, in, in terms of community, leadership communities and members clubs. Um, there's, there's a very um, welcoming feeling at Cub. And, and, and the concept was to create a business family. Now, that's not the greatest you know, concept for a company because family means different things to a lot of people and blah, blah, blah. But, but, but that, that is what we always told everybody. And, and I do feel that um, by, by explaining that, people kind of got it. And what you do find is, and the team needs to embody that and make people feel welcome and make people feel special. But what you find is often people will come into Cub with selfish um, uh, ambitions, like, oh, right, I'm going to have, you know, thousands of business owners to be able to 
sell to or to, to, to whatever. But I think they very quickly, and that's not everybody, but it's some people, I think they very quickly realize when they're in the community, oh, wait, this is a lot more than that. Yeah. So while I probably will gain clients from this by, by you know, building new relationships, it's a lot more. And, and to, to, to get value from it, this is how I need to kind of act um, or this is how I need to be. And it sounds weird to say that, but 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 it's true. You know, every community has a cult, every you know community has a culture. That's the Cub has its own culture, and we work really hard to teach people that, to embody that, and, and demonstrate it, and also to enforce it if needed. Yeah, it's funny. Like I come back to my point that I made a little bit earlier. Is one of our key passions is business is a fundamentally human experience, right? And it's based on relationships and connection. Now, there's a lot of different ways to get leads and, you know, lead generation. And, you know, one of the classic ones is just going out there and doing digital marketing or paid ads, for example. And I always refer or compare the difference between paid ads versus relationship and partner uh, connections as being like paid ads are great if you get them right, but they're like an electric heater in a cold hut in the middle of winter. If the heat is pumping, and the doors are closed and it's all sealed, it's great. But as soon as you open the door and something changes, all of that momentum that you've got from your ads can be lost and there's nothing latent hanging over. But when you're looking at partnerships and relationships and connections as a definitive part of your business strategy, it's like a log fire in that same cabin. When things change, there's still substance sitting in there that actually helps drive your business. And, you know, I've... Well, so it's not, I'm not here really to talk about an ROI from what I've got from my cub membership, but the purely uh, the relationships that we've developed with people, we just like doing good business with good people. And it, it has become very lucrative and beneficial over the long run, but it's almost um, just accidental or it's a byproduct of the relationship, not a definitive reason of why we went into the place. So what do you see in your business as being, you know, the great relationships that become enduring that have that great effect on each other? People need to become friends is the short answer. When you're friends with someone, you go out of your way to help them. Very simple. And while you, uh, you know, I don't get along with every member. It's impossible. I'm a human. But I am respectful to every member and I, I help them. I'm a good person. So, I, I, you know, I'll always help people if I can. And, and that comes back to me. But every now and then I meet somebody that I think, wow, that, you know, I, I really like this person. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm sure I'll get along with them. I'm going to catch up with them and, 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 you know, commence building a relationship. The, the difference, I think, between, um, you know, if you're going to talk about marketing between relationships and digital ads is that, uh, some things, if you build them quickly, they fall quickly. You know, they're, they're weak. Some things, when you build it slow, you build it strong. You build it right. And and relationships are uh, a slower um, a slower construction to uh, construct to build uh, than switching on digital digital ads. But but not just do they last and continue to serve you, whether it be with new clients or, or anything else, but they serve you with more than that. They serve you with a support network. They serve, serve with advice and knowledge, areas of expertise, uh, referrals, uh, of course. They serve you with just having someone to relate to uh, and share your, your war stories with. Um, and 
every success that I've had has come because um, I'm surrounded by uh, incredible business people. I have a strong network. And I want people to have a really enjoyable and effective way to build that for themselves. And, and that's what, what Cub is. But if you're a jackass and, and no one likes you because you're rude and you, you know, you, you're just trying to get take from people and you cut people off and, well, you know, you're not going to benefit. You. <laughs> you know, no one's going to want to be in your network. So you're not going to benefit. So the most important thing is just being a good person. And, and, you know, being mindful of others, empathetic, respectful always, um, and helping them if you can, if you say something, following through with that, you know, because you, you, you build relationships based on your reputation, like, and your, your relationships spread your reputation. People, they, talk, they talk, they tell people, oh, Daniel's a great guy. He, you know, he did this for me once and he's fantastic. He, you know, he, 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 you should definitely speak to him. He could, you know, he could help you out maybe, like. Yeah, so your relationships are also marketing for you because they're out there talking to you. Every time I'm meeting someone new or I'm talking to someone, even at Cub, and they say, oh, I really need this, like, uh, you know, this service or product or really whatever. If I have someone that I'm friends with that, that I trust that does that, I always say, you have to speak to my friend, Chris. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's like, I'll connect you to the, to the Andre. So your relationships be- become like <laughs> real life um mobile marketing for yeah. you um but 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 are obviously a lot more than that and good people just want to do business with good people because yeah and, you, and you want to do business with people if yeah. i don't like the owner of a company i don't i i won't work with that company and and the benefit of having relationships is you meet owner to owner and in a world where marketing is getting so hard like everything is saturated facebook and the you know social media marketing doesn't work like it used to work like there's so much uh, and even when it does, they might just turn off the tap on you in a moment's notice. You have no ownership over it, no power over it. Relationships you do and, 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 and meeting people you do, you just need to make sure that you're continuously meeting new people. And, of course, um, staying in touch with the people you meet that you think are, are assets to your network. Yep. So you start off the first little clubhouse in Potts Point. Tell us about how you grew and how you went in a state and you know, how did you manage this growth period over the last couple of years? Well, I mean, growth is always hard, but but Potts Point, um, we moved from Potts Point to the CBD because we had more members so we could afford it because obviously the CBD, Sydney CBD is incredibly expensive. And where I wanted to be, I saw Cub as a premium brand yeah. uh, and it is a premium brand. And so where I wanted to be, where I, I, I envisioned the clubhouse being, was in a premium location. We're currently on the most like, the most expensive corner in Sydney CBD on top of Louis Vuitton next to Apple and across the road from Cartier. So corner of George and King. So, so um, to, to be able to get that, we needed money and we didn't have money at the start. So once the company grew, once core kicked in, retention, retention started, sales and retention started compounding the community. We got better at servicing. We got to a position where the, the natural move was to move from Potts Point to the city. And in fact, we didn't move. We, um, we opened two, but everyone just went to the city. So eventually we started using Potts Point for, for, for events. Um, and so that was just a matter of, I wanted to be in the city. We didn't have the money. We had to, prove, we had to be successful so that we could get to the city. In terms of scaling um, to Melbourne, 
was different. We, we did that before Sydney CBD. We did that in our second year because we were growing fast. Um, but that backfired on me. We weren't ready. We had no systems, no ops. I took, I took a successful team in Sydney and split them in two and made two unsuccessful teams. Um, it, we, we weren't ready. We weren't ready. I was listening to members because people were saying, oh, we'd love to, it'd be great if we had a space in Melbourne and, and whatnot. But I learned from that to not rush. And, um, and while Melbourne got there, there were ye- I had to move there. I didn't want to move to Melbourne. My family's in Sydney. Um, I had to move there. I did really big days as well. Like I was doing, I can't remember what time I was starting, but I was finishing at like 10, 11 p.m. Uh, most nights. And, and uh, so Melbourne was very, very hard. The only time Mel- when Melbourne started working was, um, was when, when we found a strong team. And, and particularly when, you found, when we found a leader. Um, and, uh, you know, we have our club head named Holly. Um, she's a fantastic businesswoman. And when we found Holly, that's really when Melbourne started shaping up. Um, and Holly plus uh, better systems and ops. Um, and now we're at the stage, because I learned from the pain of launching Melbourne, I, I didn't launch another club, even though, you know, we get so many requests from Brisbane, Gold Coast, Parramatta, uh, Perth, um, and people ask for it. I didn't budge because I learned the first time I listened to people and I, I fucked myself. So um, I said, I'm not going to do it until, um, until we're ready, uh, until I'm certain that we are ready. And that's the stage we're at now. Now we've got two huge assets in Sydney and Melbourne, uh, wildly successful companies uh, that produce huge cash flows and great profits with very strong teams that have um, tr- uh, tested, proven operations for each role and for each key function of, of, of the company uh, that is known and can be taught and, and replicated. Um, and more than that, I have a leadership team uh, who are capable of uh, moving to new territories, setting up new shop, helping a new leader there expand. Uh, and so what you'll see very soon is not just expand, not just us expand to um, Brisbane, which is next, that's, that's happening at the moment. Um, you'll all see Parramatta and Gold Coast, but we're aiming for London in 2026. So we, I think it's time we actually go overseas. We've got the funds, we've got the model, um, we've got the team, um, and and people love cup, so we're ready. But it took most, that's eight years now. It's been eight years, so I that's a long time. To, one of the most important things to know you've got is the brand behind you as well. Um, and the brand. Uh, one of the things I found interesting when I first um, joined up, I, don't, I can't remember like four or five years ago, whatever. But I did think it was rather unique that um, that you were relatively young and, you know, didn't have the depth of experience that a lot of the members had that they were there. And I found it just a great way that you were able to like mature on your own journey within this business acumen, within this business environment, um, just surrounding yourself by these people every day, but you've had some pretty good, you know, leadership and guidance in your own path. Um, How do you find great mentors and great connections for you to enhance your journey and your professional development? Well, I mean, I have, 
I grew a lot because I'm surrounded by successful people all day. So when I was being a young person, and you don't agree with everyone, you say, I like what he does here, I like what she does there. I, yeah. he's, I, that's stupid. I don't, I don't agree with that. Whether you're right or wrong, it doesn't matter. You, you're taking in a lot of information. Um, in terms of how to get a good mentor, I mean, I'm lucky I have some incredible mentors, but I guarantee you, if I hadn't done anything, they wouldn't, they wouldn't be mentoring me. If I hadn't achieved anything or if I hadn't proven myself or how hard I'm willing to work or what I'm capable of doing, they wouldn't be mentoring me. You know, to get a good mentor, um, to get a good mentor, they have, to, they have to see themselves in you and be like, I like this person. I want to I pass on the success I've had. And they're not going to pass it on. They, they, if they're going to see themselves in you, you, you better be good. Yeah. yeah, you better be hardworking and, and being successful, or at least tr- working very hard and on the cusp of it, because th- that's what they're doing. They're seeing themselves in you, and uh, and they see themselves in a good light, which means they have to see you in a positive light. And I've never the Cubs opened so many do- friendships for me and, and and doors with mentors, just because. People love Cub. They're, wow, what an amazing thing you built. Like no one else has ever built a, a members club that's, that's, uh, that's worked in Australia. Um, uh, there's been many tried that, that didn't work. In fact, everyone told me it was stupid, it wasn't going to work. Um, it, there's been many formal and informal communities that have built and not worked. Not worked. Um, you know, we cracked that code. And, and because we cracked that code, then I, I had access to to fantastic mentors who I met through Cub and just yeah. in social circles I run because of the situation I put myself in. And I think it's that blend of experience. So number one, you've got the core activities where you get to over a few weeks intimately understand and learn and share about you know the people in your little group. But there's also definitive events where we can get together and socialize as well as having that you know, workspace where you can go and hang out and just meet people, you know, on a, on a regular basis. So for me, because I live about an hour and a half out of the city, it's just pretty handy to pop in, uh, get off the tram train at Wynyard or get off the tram, you know, Wynyard and just, and just pop upstairs there. I think what, what is it in the service delivery of cub, you know, outside of core that you feel is really driving that membership attraction and retention to really, you know, fall in love with the brand and want to stick around and be a part of the community. Well, what attracts retention is engagement. So the reason we have more events outside of core is engagement. And, and in your business, you need to know your, your key metrics. Like what do I need to achieve to, what do I need to execute to achieve my intended target? And, and we need engagement to achieve retention because if we don't have retention, we don't grow. Um, so, um, assist, so, events and engagement being the member has had opportunity to meet other people. Uh, so that's pretty much why we do every single event. Um, so uh, the, uh, and we do like four events a day, more, but that would just be Sydney. And um, so we're doing a huge number of um, events and gatherings for, for business owners. Um, and the reason we do that is to create engagement because if members are engaged, they're having the opportunity to build new relationships. If they have the more opportunity they have to build new relationships, the more relationships they're going to build. The more yeah. relationships they're going to build, the more value they're going to get from the community, and the more likely they are to continue their membership. So, 
Um, that is the key, um, is, is focusing on, on each individual member and making sure that their engagement's engagement is high. And each member's got their own, uh, you know, sub niches and uh, professional and personal interests. Like it was probably only two weeks ago, I went out on the military lunch. So a, a couple of you know, um, um, gentlemen and a couple of females, we got together and we just had a, had a great lunch together. But it's that, that shared connection of that from a, a very definitive personal experience. Um, just over, over lunch, we're able to be able to be so transparent and so honest about things that are going well in business, but more importantly, things that aren't going well all the time. And for me, that's one of the best things about having uh, a community that you can actually trust is let's rip the veneer off a little bit or take down the mask of, yeah, everything's rosy. Being able to say, look, sometimes things are going a bit tough because that's what you really need help with, you know, and that's where the leverage or the power of the network is actually to help you resolve issues and to work through problems, not just pat you on the back for everything that's going well all the time. Yeah, but we, I mean, you have all the social medias to, to, to be fake on. Yeah. You know, on social media, everyone's like, wow, we're killing it. Look at this. We're open this. Look at my yeah. pretend office. It's not really my office, but look, I'm in it. And, uh, social media is, is where, you, and I mean, that's good for the business because you need a way to, to, to promote yourself. Like LinkedIn, for example, is a fantastic sales tool and yeah. um, you're just pumping promotion. But the reality, the reality business is not that. The reality business is that it's always hard and there's pretty much always a problem. And having a group of people you can talk to to help resolve that problem or come up with ideas or, or even just to get it off your chest um, is what every business owner needs. And, and that's what a network does. To, to your point in terms of a shared passion or, or interest like military, like what you did, that's a really important point because... because uh, like if you're not involved in CUB, um, uh, you still need to grow a network. And one of the best ways to do that is by doing it within your passion and within groups that have your passion and interest. Because it's always easy to talk to someone. If we run out of things to say, I can start talking about my favorite football club or, yeah. or golf. Um, and so I would always encourage people. So we have these groups, obviously, in CUB. We call them communities. We've got like sub-communities within the club. But, but there are lots of... Um, uh, these passion or interest-centric communities um, out there that I, I encourage people to get involved in because it's, a, it's an easy way to build, uh, whether it be building business relationships, it's just a good way to build relationships. And, and I mean, there's so many studies that show how speaking to people and building new relationships, you know, contributes to the length of your life and happiness. Yeah. Um, but as you get older and busier, it gets to the point where you, you don't meet anyone new and you don't care to, and I can't be bothered. Um, but the reality is all the great new things that come into your life and new opportunities and new lessons, they will come from people. And, and you need to be, you need to, but as a business owner, you have to be meeting new people because there's so few others in the same position as you. Um, um, and it's the hardest position. I think it goes, mum, Business owner, <laughs> they're the top two hardest positions. Maybe parent, we should say. Business owner, they're the top two hardest positions, and, and a lot of business, or most business owners are both of them. So, yeah. so they're the hardest positions in society, and, and so they need the most support. 
one of the things about having a place where you can, you know, talk to about what's important to you is like, you know, I love, I love basketball and I've got some mates, uh, you know, that we know we talk shop about basketball. I definitely love the connection to my former life in military, but I actually love business and I love talking about business, the beauty of business and how, you know, we create these things. And for me, I find it hard, like it's not um, necessarily always just talking about my job or talking about work, but the actual art and science of business in itself is super fascinating for me. So again, it's like birds of a feather flock together is being around a community of people where I can, you know, like with my old school mates, yeah, we can talk about that kind of stuff, but sorry, they're not interested in that kind of stuff because we're on different parallels in life. But in this place, it's a place where I can talk about what I'm really passionate about at the moment, which is how to create, you know, beautiful businesses that, you know, drive value, you know, at, at all levels. Um, I'm interested in terms of from that, again, that little start point in Hot Point, how you were able to drive a bit of leverage through, you know, your podcast. And I believe you're up to season four now, as well as the creation of the Cub app and more of the di- adding more of that digital connection into the personal as well. So tell us about the pod, first of all. Well, the podcast started at the start of COVID because we wanted to position ourselves as the voice for business during COVID. Um, And the podcast was a way for us to um, provide value to people who weren't members of CUP um, by interviewing CUP members about how they were navigating this environment uh, and their stories and journeys of business. Uh, Obviously, that grew past that and um, is now one of the top business podcasts um, in the country, it's called Catching Up with Cub. Um, and I think it's good. I think it's successful because, because it's really like, well, it, it's supposed to be two friends. I tell every guest when they sit down, it's like, it's two friends talking about business. Yeah. Uh, even though I might not know that person, like I might've met them once or never met them before, but th- that's the vibe we're trying to get. And they're always Cub members or, or friends of mine. So they're, they're always someone I, I'm relatively close to. Um, and that's been... Like, what's the tool? How does it, that, that helps. We don't particularly get a huge, like it's not a great mark. I wouldn't call it a marketing medium for us, not in terms of sales. Like I, I don't know how many sales we would get from the podcast. I, I, I don't know that off the top of my head, but I would say more than that. It's more, it's become a way for me to meet members because I, I i don't get to as much anymore so that's, that's a great way for me when you interview someone on a podcast you really get to know them like yeah you know, ask people questions you wouldn't ask them in a normal conversation so so it really gets to know people it's a great social proof uh, for cub so when people are thinking about cub or want to know who's in cub they literally can just go into the podcast and they can scroll through uh, I think it's like 170 something episodes now. So uh, our episodes, so they can literally just scroll through 170 members and see who they are, get value from them, hear their story. So I guess it is a good social proof for cover cover as well. Um, as a brand exercise, I think it's good because we are sharing the stories of business owners. Um, and there's a lot of people that aren't eligible for cub or they're very young or they just started a business and that, you know, they use that as a, so it's also us serving people who are not yet cub members and, um, and I love doing it. I, I think it's, um, I think it's a, a very valuable piece. Of, and members love being on it too. People, yeah. people, business owners love being on um, uh, your media and, and podcasts and things like that. And so that's nice too because we get to have members on it and they're excited to be on it and, and we get a lot of attention for them and their businesses and people reach out to them. Um, 
Um, but doing a podcast is hard because when you speak, you don't realize, but you do a lot of annoying things. And so when you listen to yourself in a podcast, I, I never listen to my podcast because of that, but I do occasionally have to just to improve. And like I cut people off too much or I uh, sometimes if I'm talking about a subject, I have to, you know, you have to be careful about what you say these days. So, you know, if I'm talking about a subject, I have to really be careful. I'm like, I talk too slow because I'm thinking too much about what I'm saying and not saying something stupid or, or whatever. So, so, you know, I hate listening to myself when I do that. So you, know, you have to, you, you actually, by doing a podcast, get better at speaking and communicating with people because you're, you're listening back to how you sound. You're like, okay, well, that's annoying. That's annoying. I need to do this better. And so you become a better communicator. So it's also a good personal development tool. It's funny you mention that. I don't listen to these back very often. But what I do find that I have a tendency to do is it's tough sometimes when you're thinking on the run and you're trying to tie that next sentence up and you've actually got to like, you know, think in the living moment about what your next words coming out and draw something out of the next person. But I really love um, doing first pods with people. You know, just, you know, cracking their, uh, you know, first times and, and like afterwards, they just like, they feel really like they've achieved something, being able to get it out there. And we love to share the content and share the messages. Um, what about the app? Because the app's been really critical about getting cross community engagement, particularly in terms of the the referral piece. So the core and the human networking piece is brilliant for creating relationships, friends, you know, partners. Um, but the actual app has been really great for driving opportunity when you need something solved. We wanted to um, we wanted to make our own lives easier as, as the team. So what was happening, which still happens and we still like to do it, but, but members will say, hey, I need someone for this. I need this service. I need this. Uh, you know. So members would come in the team and then we'd have to get together who, who's looking after which members, you know, um, who has a member that does this. So that would be good for this particular member and get along with them. Um, so that was taking too much time. We're having too many people write in for services that they need. So we built the app to make it easier for members to leverage the entire community themselves and to help each other, which is what it did. Um, it's not the best piece of technology ever um, because Cub's not a technology company. It's an in-person members club. Um, but it is, it is a strong piece of technology that, that, that adds additional value to the main value um, and has improved our team's lives and time so we can focus more on members and actually provide more personalised service towards members. Um, and, and the goal would be to improve that moving forwards. Um, the other thing with the CARBAC was... When COVID happened, that was me practicing for the next company we launched, BOA, Business Owners App. Um, and when COVID hit, uh, I thought Cub was fucked because you know, we could have bring people together for a living and we weren't able to do that anymore. And um, to my surprise, that, that didn't happen. We grew faster than ever and our members were more engaged than ever digitally, um, which in my opinion sucked. I, I, I like the in-person. Um, but at the time, we all needed something and digital was the only way to do it. So um, when I saw that, I thought, like, the, you know, how are the other, so our members are more engaged than ever in COVID, helping each other and doing, doing well. But how are the other 2.5 million Australian business owners connecting? You know, who was supporting them? How are they connecting? Um, what were they doing? 
And the answer was that there was no major platform for business owners to connect support each other on. And that was the idea for BOA. Uh, is a premium networking platform. BOA is, uh, BOA, our goal is to build the largest network of business owners on the, on the planet, starting with Australia. So being uh, an accessible platform for all. Um, and the Cub app was me dipping my toes in um, the world of technology. Uh, I guess, testing the theory of BOA with Cub members to see if it worked. And it you know, obviously did. Um, and also learning how to build tech and you know, make, I made a lot of mistakes with the Cub app. Um, <laughs> and I've made a lot of mistakes with BOA, but they're different mistakes. Um, and so the Cub app was me practicing for, for the next, for the next venture. And, and I, I mean, I think it's been tremendously value, valuable in terms of helping members leverage the entire community, helping them uh, find the people they want to connect with and, and connect directly to them um, and helping them stay in contact with the people that, they, um, uh, that they've met, that they want to keep in the network. I love how this is just, you know, solving the next problem. So the first thing is, so, well, surely when you wanted to start Cub in the first place, it was like, Hey, this is going to be a, like a cool way to spend my day. You know, I actually get to spend time with great people and learn and hang out. But then we, you know, we transition into the actual you know, expanding different clubs, different service offerings. But now into BOA, um, what's your next steps for BOA? And what's your next steps for Cub? Well, Cub's at the stage now where it's just expansion. So we, we don't really care about much else other than expansion at Cub right now. Yep. So that, and, and that involves a few things, but, but uh, mostly it's just the firming up, the further mastering of operations um, and the further development of our team. Um, but, but Cub, you're going to see Brisbane, Parramatta, Gold Coast, and we're aiming for London 2026. So we want to get overseas. Um, we're ready. Cub's, Cub's a beast. Cub's such a great, great, just company platform community it took so it took me a lot longer than i expected it to but 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 we built it slow and we built it strong and we learned from our mistakes so cubs is just going to see expand and and the goal is to be australia's if not the world's most prominent premium business networking platform um uh, and, and i think most known members club for business owners um boa is a very different stage BOA launched two months ago. Uh, the way I like to do business too is I, I like to just start and then figure it out after. Yeah. Um, so BOA, I, I certainly didn't have figured it out before I started it, but I did want people to know what I was doing. So I had, uh, I had a big launch. Um, we, we did get a lot of media for it. Um, and now we're in the stage of we're, we're, we're trying to perfect we're trying to find product market fit which is basically like this is a must-have product for for, for for business owners and we i believe we know what that is um but we haven't built it yet so we haven't you know built out all the features of, of, of the platform all the features needed for that um, my goal is to have that completed by the end of this year um while still servicing the thousands of people we have on the platform already so it's already a live social media you can join like Anyone can join today. In fact, you should join today because it'd be, it, uh, it, it's quite fun for the users to watch it develop and go from this little kind of basic thing, you know, into what it's going to become because it will be one of the large, one of the most successful Australian tech companies in history uh, and one of the most important because of the people it serves, business owners. But, um, but 
yeah, Bubble's at a very different stage. I'm a startup again, so I'm doing a lot of, um, I'm raising capital. I had never done that before. I like it. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm doing that. I'm, you know, I'm doing myself the, uh, like I'm the customer success manager. Like I'm like the relationship, like the, you know, the tech guy for, for people when they have issues. I'm the product manager. I'm really everything. Um, I do have Laura Ropers, who's worked with Cub for seven years, who's, who's part of Boa. She, she does she does even more than me, or she does all the heavy lifting. We just hired uh, our first employee as well, um, who's joining us from Canva, who's exceptional. Um, um, but you know, but we have no money. We don't make any money, um, and we need money because without money, can't do anything. So, so the quicker I can get to um to creating product market fit the quicker i can start selling something and the quicker i can start selling something the quicker i can start building a team and i believe that you know you're only going to be successful when you have a great team so i need funds to to build a team um and i want them to be earned funds i mean we are raising capital as well but but, but i want us to have a revenue stream quickly uh, and function different other tech companies so but but we're starting again it's completely startup like it's 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 a baby well if you're out there listening and you're in a business owner jump onto your app store it's boa you know boa bravo oscar alpha jump on there and you'll see it the little blight light blue icon just jump on and download it and get in and have a play it's really worth having a look at and as dan said really watching the evolution of this um and watching it innovate but one of the things i can probably share as we wrap this up is um, I've really enjoyed just the connection and meeting people in, in this place. For me, coming out of the military, I was good at some things, but there was a lot of things that I needed support and develop with. And I think one of the best things that I found is not only the willingness for other people to support and give me guidance and help, but me finding a place where I can also support others and guide them as well. If you're looking for somebody to go in and throw your business cards around and you know make some easy leads, it's probably not the right mindset. If you're looking for somewhere where you can contribute and you can also learn, um, absolutely get down there and uh, it is cub.club. That's right, isn't it, Dan? The uh, the website. It's the website. Yeah, yep. cub.club and, and just go check check them out. So, um, but for me, for someone as well who. I don't know if you're out there stuck on Zoom all day, like I am in my granny flat at the moment, and I'll jump off this one and I'll do another Zoom and another Zoom and another Zoom. Getting back and meeting people, again, business is a fundamental human experience. So being able to connect and learn and create relationships is not only great for yourself, it is great for business. So Daniel Hakim, mate, thank you for jumping on and sharing your journey today. Um, mate, let's uh, get you on another time in the future. I appreciate it. Appreciate it, John. Thanks, Pete. Okay, this is Pete Liston and the Military Mindset for Business Pod. Out.